Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. And I don't say this lightly, the great Colin Hay is our very special guest. And you know him for so many years. Uh, his solo work, but of course uh, Men at Work. And you could see him. In a couple different spots, you can see him in Atlantic City with Men at Work, and uh, the date on that is uh, is August nineteenth, and uh, it's uh, it's must see. Uh, uh, I was going to say radio, must see music. Uh, he is absolutely terrific, and in Bridgeport on September twenty third, as a member of Ringo Starr's All Star Band, he's got so much coming out and and going on, and he's got a new album and everything else. Colin, hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I, I'm, I'm now a little bit more tired. You mentioned all that stuff. <laughs> I, it's it's got to be tiring, right? I mean, do you do anything in prep for a tour that you didn't used to do? Do you uh, do you do you do a sp- uh, special yeah. workout? Yeah, I try to. I try to work out, and I try to. Um, I try to get. Um, I try to get as fit as I can before I go on tour because going on tour is not. A particularly healthy way to live. I mean, there's usually you know places and hotels you can work out in, but um, a lot of the time we're on the bus. A lot of a lot of night drives. A lot of a lot of um, you know you're just kind of mm, you're not you're not home. You know you're traveling, so there's, there's in, inherent things which are not particularly not particularly healthy about that. But it's you know it's it's what we do. It's it's the life we chose. You know, so you you make the best of it. And um, but there's a low level, there's a low level kind of uh, you know things that things become important, um, which are not so important when you're at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you like know, finding what? somewhere, it's like finding somewhere, finding somewhere to do your laundry becomes <laughs> very important. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen. I, I I love all of that, but I love the fact that you're doing new music and you're uh, and you're constantly putting out yeah. uh, uh, pro out constantly. But you're you're uh, you you put out new music. You uh, you seem to be writing. Do you write consistently? Have you have you gone years without writing? I mean, what's your what's your regimen like as far as uh, uh, creating new music? Uh, I wouldn't say I, I go years, but you know you can go for. You can go for a few weeks without without writing things, and it depends what you're doing. But but um, I tend to just uh, write things down on my phone, you know, or record record ideas on my telephone, or or just write them, or just write them in, in you know in the notes on your your, your phone. I, I don't I don't tend to use a pencil and paper much anymore, you know. But um, some people still do, but that seems to be gone. For me, you know, I just write things into my telephone, and I can edit edit on the way and so forth. You know, so 
And then you kind of end up with, you know, you just end up with these, a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas on your telephone, which then I just listen back to and I, and I, and I figure out which ones are worth, are worth persevering with and, and giving, some, giving some time to. Uh, Khan, is there uh, is there a lot of your material, original material that we've never heard of, and uh, and that we've just yeah. never heard? Uh, you've never uh, you know produced yeah. it or or what have you? Uh, and if so, yeah. how much of it uh, would you imagine there is if you had to take a guess? Oh, uh, there's a whole lot, there's a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, um, you just got to get to it. You know, there's, there's not a lot of time. There's not enough time. Not enough time, you know, in, in, in life. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're constantly, especially as you get older, you're thinking, wow, I'm nearly 70. You think, well, you know, on a good day, you think, well, maybe I've got, maybe I've got another 15, 20 years walking around. You know, it's not that, not that long, really. So you, so you have to try and, you just have to um, make the best of every moment, really, and not, and not get too concerned with, what you what you can or what you can't get done, you know, you just you know you have to. I think I think I think there's something to be said for just you know being where you are and, and um, making making all those moments as as, um, as full and as and, and as productive as you can and as creative as you can because that's really all we all we have to offer the world is, is what we can create, you know. Yeah. Well, listen, Ed, and you've created quite a bit. And and not only is have you created a bit, but it's been accepted and appreciated by uh, by so many different people, uh, fans and uh, and your peers and critics and yeah. and everything else. I yeah. mean, you got to look back. You got to be very proud of what you've. I, I imagine you have to be very proud of what you uh, have behind you and and what you're still doing. Uh, it, it's uh, I, well, you know I again, yeah. it's easy for somebody else to say from the outside, but I I imagine you're very fulfilled with what you've done. Well, it's, you know what, the, f the fulfilling part is that it's still ongoing, you know, and you mentioned there, you know, when I go out and play uh, solo shows, a lot of people get a lot out of those, you know, and so that's really nourishing in its own way, and um, so you feel, you feel connected, you feel connected to something, you know, which is an, impo an important thing to feel, uh, you feel somewhat plugged in to the universe, you feel part of what's going on uh, i don't feel i don't feel separate from uh, from other people so much you know you just you're kind of you know for example if i if i play a show if i if i record an album and i put it out, i kind of i kind of know in a way i'm i'm already i already know in a sense how how it's going to affect people you know because i know the kinds of people who who are waiting for something from me, and they, you know, it's like it's like a, it's like a constant process of discovery, you know, to, to kind of discover more about about um, about yourself and about the world and who you exist in, and the, the kind of amazing uh, intrigue that that that, that holds, and, and and the constant kind of wonder of, of how much we don't know, you know, and. Uh, the amazing—it's uh, pretty—it's pretty awesome. Like the world, when you think about it, just when you think about the fact that we're flying around the sun, it's you know some ridiculous hundred thousand kilometers <laughs> an hour or something. It's, yeah. it's extraordinary that we exist at all, you know. So, hey, I'm 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 just amazed to be part of it all. Yeah. Well, listen.
Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And let, let me just uh, say before we let you go, uh, the new album, uh, if you can, give us a, a, you know, a website where we could follow along with everything else you're doing as far as the touring goes and, and uh, a last word on the, on the new album and where's the best place to get it and to follow along with what's going on with it. Yeah, I mean, the simplest thing is just colinhay.com, I think, you know, C-O-L-I-N-H-A-Y.com, which is my name. And that's, that's the simplest thing. And you can you can find the record wherever you consume your music, whether you do that, whether you stream it or buy it. You can, you know, Amazon or, or uh, you, you know, you, uh, iTunes or however, however you, Apple Music, whatever you're, however you consume your music, it's, it's there. Look, as we let you go, we'll be talking about uh, the new album, and, and, and I'll uh, be telling people where to see the shows again. But congratulations on everything. Absolutely thrilled to have you, and uh, we'll be seeing you in uh, both Bridgeport and Atlantic City. All right. Thanks for Thank being here. Appreciate it. Uh, Frank McKay here. Uh, much more importantly, Colin Hay has been our very special guest. Uh, just uh, just a, a super talented guy. Uh, you know him from Men at Work, and they burst on the scene uh, with uh, uh, Down Under was the big tune, and and Who Can It Be Now was their follow-up, and uh, just, you know, two back-to-back number one hits. I don't know, if Who Can It Be Now? That wasn't, was that first? No, I'm sure da- Down Under had to be first, and big tune on MTV, and and uh, big video, everything else. But they had other tunes. Overkill was a hit. Uh, it's a mistake. Doctor Jekyll and Mister Jive was a hit. And you know you can see, you can see him, and uh, he's he's been uh, having a successful solo career since '86, and it goes back a long long way. And of course, uh, Men at Work launched it, and he's uh, he's got a tremendous following with his uh, with his solo work. Uh, but of course, Ringo Starr. I'm I'm actually thinking of going to uh, Bridgeport to see Ringo. I I've seen McCartney, and uh, obviously uh, never be able to see Lennon or 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 Harrison. But at least two fourths of the Beatles would be a um, would be a great um, a great thing. It's it's what we can get at this point. So I mean, uh, uh, but Colin Hay is with him. That's another good reason to see of uh, uh, you know to to see him. Uh, with I, and if you've if you've ever seen like I, I saw it on um, you know on TV on Roku uh, what, what was it uh, Tubi had uh, Ringo Starr's All Star Band live and you know he had a whole bunch of different people I think Joe Walsh had, and he has everybody do like a you know their their big solo hits and uh, you know a, a tune from here or there you know and he's he puts on a good show it's it's actually well done and you would think it's very hokey or whatever he had clarence clemens uh you know the late great clarence clemens and he had him sing his hit so you know i imagine it's uh, it's the same you'll get a chance to see colin hay uh, i'm sure plays big hit uh big hits at uh with ringo Starr. they you know obviously played the, uh, some Beatles songs and some other tunes and and uh, and then you know everybody kind of breaks off and, and does their own thing. I'll be checking out. Colin Hay has been our very special guest. Go to colinhay.com and uh, and follow a, a a great artist. Really terrific. From Men at Work, Colin Hay has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.
I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, a wonderful actor. And I could, uh, I, I could read his resume and it would take an hour, but let me just throw a couple of these names out there. Uh, King of Queens, Sopranos, Freaks and Geeks, uh, Dinosaurs, The Tracy Ullman Show, which, uh, forget yes. it. I mean, what, what happened there, Friends, uh, The Fosters, I, 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 The Sopranos, uh, again, uh, so many memorable roles, Raising Arizona. Uh, Sam McMurray is our very special guest, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have him. Sam, how are you? I'm just swell, thanks very much. You know, listen, your career is, uh, you know, it, it's it's unbelievable. The resume is uh, is there, but I always say this, and it's it's one thing to be remembered for one role, you know, take, and by, by the way, I'm by no means am I disparaging a Tom Cruise, you know, he gets uh, picked up on a major role, and, and then he just picks major role after major role, but it's much different mm-hmm. to to grind out a career. And when you look back and see all the work that you've got, I, I, I mean, you, you've got to you've got to be proud of what you've done. I mean, it's a it's a tough business, and you're still going strong. I mean, thrilled uh, again to look at the, the examples here. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Mm. But I thank you. you I, I mean, I, am I right? I mean, is it are you you're satisfied with uh, with your body of work? It's tremendous. Um, at times, yes. At other times, no. You know, I mean, that's that's the actor's dilemma continually. I was reading this piece on Sam Neill, which I think we can all relate to, all of us actor types, in which he said, when are they going to find out that I can't really act, you know, that I'm not trained, I'm not really an actor, and so forth. And I'm doing this for, what, 45 years now. And um, I come out of that tradition. My parents were both actors. Uh, the mother of my kids was an actress. My daughter, or one of them, is an actress. So it's a family affliction, you know. Um, but it, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's nice when you look back, and it's nice when you realize that you've, you've added to your pension, you know. Um, but um, there's something always in this particular business, and I think this is an, an especially an American thing as opposed to in the U.K. where there is at least a certain modicum of respect for what you do but you're always having to prove yourself again and um, I remember when I was 40 some years ago I wound up doing one series after another I was the lead in, in both in fact and thinking well I'd, I'd landed you know I'd sort of reached a plateau from which I wouldn't be pulled down but in fact there seems to be a tendency particularly in the the business and I, I use the word the term business for Hollywood essentially um, because that's the trade-off when I grew up in New York. But when you come out here, and I've been out here since 86, <clears throat> you realize that, you know, to some degree you're trading hard for commerce. It's not to say that there there isn't something artful to be done in something you do, but, you know, you're saying, I'm looking for a paycheck here. Um, and that's, you know, and if you if you get lucky and you hit with certain things like Tracy Ullman's show, which you mentioned, and some others, um, in fact, I'm doing, I've been doing Mom last season or yeah. plus now, and I love it. I'm, I just think it's a beautifully written show, and it's anything but a sitcom, um, even though it's done in a sitcom style. I just think it's, it's so well written that it, it's, um, it's really easy to do. I mean, that's, that's the truth of, that's the dirty secret that actors don't want to reveal, but if the writing is there on something like Sopranos, for instance, which I think was one of the better written episodes uh, of the, that they ever did, um, it's easy. 
uh, somebody remember came up to me when the Sopranos had aired, and this was like 2000, 2001, and congratulated and said, you're just terrific on the Sopranos. And I said, oh, you think that's hard work? You know, hard work is who's the boss, you know? That's hard work sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, no, I'm, I, you know, I'm just an actor, and I put my head down, and I try to, you know, deliver a performance, and um, it's interesting, particularly because I went back recently, just last month, and I was doing theater in Alabama, and it had been really 25 years since I had done it without a net, uh, that is, you know, without script in hand and so forth. And it was mildly terrifying, to tell you the truth, and I grew up with that, you know. But a, a dear friend of mine who was a very astute observer came and saw it, and I said, gee, I thought I was all over the place. And she said, well, maybe you're not a very good observer of what your own work is, and meaning that, you know, what I thought was uh, an uneven performance was, in fact, very good. At least that's that's according to her lights, and uh, I respect that. So, but it is it is constantly, uh, you know, constantly a test. And my mother was an actress for close to seventy years, you know, and she basically only stopped when she couldn't go there any longer. When she was in her late eighties, so you know. Yeah, it, it it keeps you young, that's for certain, you know. Well, let me remind folks that are just tuning in or turning on their radios a little late, uh, Sam McMurray is our very special guest, a, a terrific, terrific actor and somebody who's really uh, built a career out, out of a, a lot of uh, a lot of different roles, and, and a lot of them are so different. It's so unbelievably yeah. different. I, I mean, I really, and again, I'm not an actor, I, but I appreciate acting, and I, and I, see you in the in the sopranos and then you see you in king of queens and you realize that these are completely uh, completely different roles completely different yeah. situations and uh, you know again it's uh, it's it's always good to talk to someone who does what they do well but it's really nice to uh, to talk to somebody who does what they do well and they've done it for a long time sam mcmurray again is our very special guest frank mckay here with sam uh, let, let me go back to your, to your parents, and if you don't mind, let's do a little bit of your history. You said you grew sure. up in, in New York, uh, born and bred New York? Born and bred, New York City, Greenwich Village, idiot. That's me. Hmm. Um, what, they, what we used to say, uh, pink diaper baby. That was the expression back. I was born in 52. Hmm. So everybody knows, of course, it's on IMDb anyway. But, um, yeah, no, my parents were primarily theater actors. Um my dad had been a dancer, actually, before the war, but he was very tall and skinny. This is pre-Tommy Toon. He was like 6'3", and, you know, couldn't get arrested in the chorus line because he was just too tall. But so after the war, he decided to become an actor, as if that were somehow a more, uh, you know, secure profession. But my mother had been an actress since she got out of – she went to Berkeley in California, and, you know, since she got out of school there, and they both wound up in New York. And, uh, you know, I grew up in that business. Um, but they were primarily theater actors, although my, my dad in particular did a lot of um, early television work, like Dumont and Playhouse 90 and stuff like that. And I remember, uh, this is going on a slightly somber note, but when my dad passed in uh, 84, I was out here in California taking care of things. He'd moved out here in 67. And I, I went back, and I got a phone call to go meet Sidney Lumet on a movie called The Power. With uh, it turned out to be Richard Gere and Denzel Washington. So I go in to meet Mr. Lamette, who was very, very nice. Um, but I'm still a little kind of, you know, half whatever, because I've been dealing with all the details of my dad's yeah. um, you know, passing, sorry. 
And I walk in, and Lamette looks at me and goes, Jesus, who do you remind me of? And I go, I don't know, Richard McMurray? He goes, yeah, how is he? Anyway, um, they actually offered me a role in the movie, and I couldn't do it. There was some sort of conflict I had already committed, and I always kicked myself for that because Lamette was such an actor's director, too, that I, everybody wanted so much to work with him. Yeah. Anyway, so, but my mom had, I suppose, more of a, not traditional, but a, uh, an established career. She she was doing, God, in the 30s and 40s, she was in plays like, she was in the original production of The Crucible. She was in the original Rose Tattoo. She was the original Mommy in Edward Albee's play, American Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a longstanding um, founding member of the Actors Studio. And, you know, did quite a lot until the very end. And she came out here for the last year or so of her life. Um so, yeah, I grew up in that, and, um, you know, some of my dearest friends, for instance, my oldest friend in the world is a playwright named Joe Guilford, whose father was Jack Guilford, if you remember him, wonderful actor, and, um, and Joe has become a very successful playwright, so, yeah, that was my world, and, um, you know, when I got out of college, I went to Washington University in St. Louis, when I got out of school and I knew I wanted to be an actor, you know, that's what I, I went back to New York, and was fortunate enough to get signed by a big shot agent, in fact, which is something interesting because we were talking about this with my daughter and some folks who were younger. Back in the day, I think it was not unusual for uh, an agent, and in this case, he was a well-known agent named Stark Hesseltine. Yes, that really was his name. And and he had developed Robert Redford and put him in uh, Barefoot in the Park, which I guess was in the early 60s, right? Yeah. So I met Stark through a photographer, in fact, and he liked me, and he was at a big agency called CMA, which was the precursor, I think, to ICM. And he was very willing to just sort of take his time with me, you know? I said, don't worry about it. And he had Chris Reeve, of course. And um, Chris wanted to leave Juilliard and go to work full-time, and Stark said, no, you just go back to school, and I'll send you out during the summer. No agent will do that anymore. That doesn't happen now. Nobody wants to actually cultivate talent. They want to know what they can commission yesterday. You know, my daughter got out of Boston uh, Conservatory of Music and was first in her class in musical theater. And she goes to New York and she meets with an agent, and her agent says, well, how come you don't have an agent? And my daughter says, well, I just got out of school. And they went, yeah, but your classmates already have agents, which is true. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. So it's, in many respects, there are more opportunities now, but it's even more cutthroat than it was before. Hey, let, so. me, let me touch on a couple of things that you said uh, here. Actually, there's, there's so much there. Uh, Sam McMurray is the voice that you're hearing. Frank McKay here, with wonderful actor. And again, his resume is a mile long, but uh, thrilled to have him here. Uh, you mentioned Washington University in St. Louis. One of the underrated, well, it, it's not underrated by academics, but I, I mean, it, one of the great no. schools uh, out there. Yeah. But for some reason, you just don't hear about it the way you hear about North uh, Northwestern or, or any of the Ivy League schools, but uh, really a great school. and uh, It was, yes. Yeah, no doubt. I, and go- going back to your, your parents, 
your mom was she the type to give you a lot of the stories? I'm, I'm sure she, you know, had all kinds of stories about everyone from Tennessee Williams to, um, you know, to Lee Strasberg and Brando. Right. I mean, did you get did you yeah. get a lot of that? Did you get a lot of those stories? Yes, I did. I mean, I also kind of actively sought all that stuff out. But you know, growing up in in world in which your parents are actors is kind of a I don't know what it's it's a terrific experience because you you have all these sort of Dutch aunts and uncles, you know, yeah. um, so that a great number of my friends were people I knew when I was a kid. Uh, the actor James Karen, who I was you know very close with, passed a couple of years ago. I have a picture of him and me when I was six years old, maybe in Dearborn, Michigan, and my mother was in a play with Jimmy and uh, Celeste Holm on on route to New York. So there were a lot of people I grew up with like that, and some still are around, although not so many anymore because I'm moving along too. Um, but that was all, always wonderful, you know, the the divergence, if you will, and the you know the the difference in all these various people that that you came across in in the acting world, and um, that's that's something that's unforgettable and and really irreplaceable. So no. uh, yeah, I had a lot of friends like that, um, and it was it was great. In fact, it was I talked to was talking to Robert Hooks online the other day now robert hooks is in his 80s i believe right mm -hmm. robert hooks was doing uh leroy jones or amiri baraka as he later became known play called the dutchman at uh, the cherry lane theater which was on a two one-act bill with my mother's doing a, i think the first revival of the american dream this is at the cherry lane theater which is on grove street and um, is it grove or barrel anyway um we were talking about it because he had posted a photograph of a play I was in, a beautiful play called The Soldier's Play, written by Charlie Fuller. And we were going back and forth about that. And then I, I met his son, Kevin, who's a very successful director, you know. But it's nice to know that there's that connection, because I met Robert Hooks, I think I was like 10 years old when I first met him or something. Um, anyway, that's, that's a wonderful kind of history to have. And I think my daughters have it as well, um, whether they liked it or not. You know, they met a lot of my friends and a lot of my ex-wife's friends and so forth who we're part of the business and so forth. And, uh, you know, it's a rich tapestry, shall we say. W were you getting uh, asked early on about uh, Fred McMurray? Or, uh, was that one of the... Yes. Uh, yeah. I, any relation yeah, he there spelled, whatsoever? He spelled it differently. Oh, okay. um, he's he's M-A-C, and I'm M-C. Ah. In fact, when, when, I was, when the girls were little, we got a second dog. And uh, I, we were all lobbying as to who we should name and i said let's name him fred because people always ask me if i'm related and i, I was voted down yeah. um no no relation he he was a mac murray but apparently uh, uh quite wealthy <laughs> you know yeah. so i'm kind of sorry that i'm not related at least you could be an uncle or something yeah. <laughs> but no no relation as far as i know yeah it's just it, honestly it's it's such a different business now than Probably when you when you started. I mean, there's uh, so many different yeah. outlets. Uh, you, you know, there, there's an old expression that well, I don't know if it's an old expression, but it's an expression I've been hearing for a while. That content is king, but uh, distribution is King Kong. And and now all of a sudden, <laughs> you have all of this. You have who? That's correct. I mean, actors do have the tools at their fingertips. You know, um, and it's just uh, you know a product of their laziness if they don't get it out. That is the big difference. Between now and then, I think, you know, when I started with three networks, in fact, the Tracy Ullman show was on the nascent Fox network. That was the very first season yep. that we did that, that and Married with Children, you know. Um, 
But no, you can now. Yeah, and you don't need to be in New York. You can be in St. Louis. You could be in Oshkosh, you know, and just put your own stuff up online, you know, and find a, you know, build a website for it and so forth. In fact, um, about 10 years ago, I, I did a movie in New, Nashua, New Hampshire, which is essentially forgettable, the movie. But in during the movie making of it, I met this young woman who was playing my daughter, who is a real dynamo. And um, her name is Julianne Emery, and she's gotten quite hot lately. She's in Catch-22, and she was in Preacher and stuff like that. But through her, I wound up doing her web series, which I still think is one of the, the better things I've ever done, called Then We Got Help! Exclamation point. And they're 10, 11 minutes long, but the writing was absolutely pinpoint, just terrific. And we stayed friends, and the gal who played my daughter on this web series is the woman who wrote the play that I was just doing despite my terror down in um, Montgomery, Alabama, at the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. So, yes, the, you know, the opportunities are there much more, and the platforms, if you will, to use that word, um, they're available. But, you know, actors have to take the bull by the horns, and it can't be like, you know, like I was, basically waiting around for the phone to ring. You know, so an actor never takes a vacation because he's either, he's either working or he's not. Yeah. But it's rare that you go, well, I'm on vacation. <laughs> of course, when you say that, and if you mean it, you can't fake it. you got to mean it. Then the phone will ring and ruin your plans. You know? <laughs> Sam McMurray, once yeah. again, is our very special guest. And again, a resume, a mile long, King of Queens, uh, Friends, uh, Sopranos, Breaking Bad. I don't know how many different actors have been in both Sopranos and Breaking Bad. I mean... Uh, it's arguable. That's true, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, it's arguable at this point which one of those are considered the best <laughs> uh, dramatic series of all time. But I mean, they they go uh, you know head to head often. But I mean, Freaks and Geeks. I mean, these are important shows that launch the the Tracy Ullman show. The importance of that show in in pop culture yeah. is is uh, immeasurable. Uh, but uh, again, the, the the witness to and and the participant in history. To all of these shows that I'm talking about is Sam McMurray, and I'm thrilled to have him, Frank McKay, here with, uh, with Sam. Uh, you, you know, you, you mentioned the last time you mentioned Alabama, you, you said the Shakespeare Festival. The first time you didn't say that. Now I could understand why right. you'd be nervous maybe going there. You know, you haven't been on stage in 25 years, and you're doing Shakespeare, right? It's a little... Well, you know, no, it wasn't Shakespeare, oh, oh, but Shakespeare is involved in this play which is known as called Buzz, written by this woman, is actually, I won't go too far afield with this, but it was essentially based on the life of a woman director in the early 70s at the RSC in England, a woman named Buzz Goodbody, who was this brilliant young comet, a director who got a young half garage actor to play Hamlet, also known now as Sir Ben Kingsley. Wow. And this was in 1975, and the play opened to astonishing reviews. And four days after the play had opened, she was found dead in her apartment from an overdose of sleeping pills. Anyway, it's a brilliant play, and of course it weaves Hamlet in and out of it. In fact, I played one of the grave diggers who worked sort of in the play and above it, literally above it, because we were on this, um, no, God, I don't know, about 25 feet up in the air on a, uh, what do they call it, a, a scissor uh, thing, like a cherry picker, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, Carrie Preston, who's a wonderful actress, who I'm going to do another play of Susan's with this Monday coming, directed the thing and had brilliant ideas for it. So it was a truly adventurous production. And I, from what I understand, it was wildly successful. 
But this is a gal that I met through my friend Julie, who I did a lousy movie with in Nashua, New Hampshire. So you never know, you know, if there's gold in them hills. So. Yeah. Again, so, again uh, you know, let me remind everyone once again, Sam McMurray. Sure. Uh, wonderful actor and i'm thrilled to have him and hopefully get him back for part two i know he's kind of pressed for time but we got him for a couple moments more here uh frank mccabe here with sam mcmurray if you stepped away let me remind you you're listening to breaking it down frank mccabe here much more importantly the the actor you've known him for so much uh work out there the fosters that's another you know show that gets rave reviews and you're right about mom. It's uh, it, it's it's not just a sitcom. It's it, it touches on some real serious uh, issues, and and it handles yeah. it in such a cool way, in such a I think so a, a, a wonderful way. And again, Chuck Lorre and, and you know everything he touches is just uh, fantastic. But uh, the the resume is a mile long. And again, uh, we mentioned earlier in the show, Kings of, King of Queens, Sopranos, Friends. Uh, dinosaurs, the Tracy Ullman show. Uh, it's just an amazing, amazing, uh, you know, it, it shows like Malcolm in the Middle. A lot of Fox shows and a lot of early early on Fox work, you know, you, yeah. you did a one-off on, on Married with Children, I see, and again, Frank McKay right. here with Sam McMurray. Uh, but uh, talk about Fox. I mean, it, it, I, I mentioned you being a witness to history. That Tracy Ullman show uh, was really uh, historic, and I hope it gets its due uh, just do in in historical terms because all of you just did an amazing job. It was it was different. It wasn't it, it wasn't your typical sketch comedy. You know, it, it wasn't that. Correct. There was a lot going on there. And and looking back on it, what what do you what do you see as the difference between that show and and shows that came before it? You mean things things like Carol Burnett and so forth? Yeah. Well, for one thing, uh, Tracy Ullman had real production elements involved. You know. I mean, not just um, in terms of uh, the characterizations and so forth, but there was a tremendous amount of work paid in terms of uh, production value, if nothing else. So, you know, wardrobe, in terms of music. For instance, we did, Tracy would never sing to playback. So we, we performed live, which was quite amazing when I look back at it. And if we did the show on a Friday and we had to sing, then I couldn't talk throughout the weekend because we're just on the soundstage. We're not actually in a, in a booth, you know. Um, but the show, I think, was truly revolutionary. The, the problem with it is, is that there's very little of it to be found on, you know, online. There is a guy on Facebook. No, I'm sorry, on um, uh, the other one, on Instagram, who says he's Tracy Ullman. And he's not, but he is a bona fide curator of the Tracy Ullman show. I did a sketch with Tracy and others in which we sang The Man Who Got Away, the old song that Judy Garland sang in The Star Is Born. Yeah. And we did it live with a 19-piece orchestra, and it was thrilling. And there was no, I, had no, I didn't have a copy of it, so I reached out to this guy on Instagram. He had literally pulled, I think they were laser discs back in the day. He had pulled them out of the trash at Fox, and he had them. But if it weren't for that... It would just be, you know, what do, what do I have on my old Betamax player, you know, or my VHS tapes? And that's really a shame. And, of course, everybody thinks of the Tracy Ullman show in a sort of, I don't know, kind of sidelong way as having developed The, the Simpsons. But The Simpsons was just sort of interstitial on the old show, you know. It was 10-second blips. And it was unfortunate for me, but I wound up on the other show, which I can never remember the name of. Uh, whereas, you know, everybody else made, uh, you know, bought the house on the beach and then the house next to it on the beach. Oh, well, so be it. 
You know, so, um, I, you know, I always think of uh, Tracy Allman, and again, I, I think she's just a brilliant talent, you know, just a, a yes. unbelievable talent. But I, I always thought, boy, if she would have said to, you know, Matt Groening and, and you know, the uh, the guys from who created The Simpsons, hey, look, I'm getting half of this if I'm putting this on, or I'm getting this piece of it. And, and she doesn't. I don't think she has, uh, she doesn't have, a, a role or, or, or a piece of No, that is correct. There was a rather long and uh, depressing story involved with that, but I won't go into it. Right, but right. suffice it to say that they took Jim Brooks to court and lost, which was kind of amazing. So, um, no, she was supposed to get a piece of anything that spun off, and it didn't happen. And that is still kind of a remarkable occurrence. Yeah. And that's, you know, because the only thing, I don't know, it's more prevalent about the Simpsons than the money made was the uh, the number of lawsuits that were filed, and I won't even get into that because yeah. it really didn't have anything to do with me directly. But you know that Sam Simon, Jerry Belson, all of those people um, wound up going to court. So, you know, well, just, oh well. Well, just on a different note, you mentioned Sidney Lumet, uh, brilliant director, obviously, and. Uh, you, you you talked about kind of missing out on a role there. I imagine when I look at your IMDb and it's like close to 200 things on there, I, I have to believe that, that you've missed out on other things because you were busy. Oh, sure. On, is there anything notable? And I hate to you know pick a scab here, but uh, is there anything notable that you either turned down or you had to turn down because you had other work that was conflicting with it? Is there anything that stands uh, out? There were some things. I was talking to somebody about James Garner the other day, who I always thought was a wonderful actor. And I remember I had a television series. I had two series in 94, which I was the lead. And I think I was working on the pilot of the first one, which was also on Fox, called Likely Suspect. And they offered me a couple of days on the, the TV adaptation of Barbarians at the Gate which was all a you know, book about uh, Wall Street and so forth. And I would have worked with Garner, and I couldn't do it. And I was kicking myself for it because I really wanted to. But, you know, those kinds of things happen. The, the best story about that I ever heard was an interview with um, Jason Robards talking about he'd been offered some movie in which he didn't like the script, he didn't like the role, and he passed. He said no. So, of course, it went to somebody else, and he picks up the paper one day, and there's a review of the thing, and the guy gets a good notice, and Jason Robards goes, son of a bitch, that's my part, you know? <laughs> that's kind of the way I feel. Yeah. So, um, but no, I mean, you, you can't get into that if, if I, you know, you, you just wallow in a sea of resentment with that. I mean, like, you know, uh, like Simpsons. Yeah. Simpsons was just kind of eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and okay, you know. It didn't happen, but on the other hand, I did do Dinosaurs for four years, which was maybe one of my favorite gigs of all time, you know? Yeah. Um, I love doing all the voiceover stuff and, you know, whatever animation comes my way. Uh, Stu Pankin <laughs> was, was involved in that, too, right, Stu Pankin? Yeah. Have you, have you spoken to Stewie? Yeah, we, we had him on the show, and I'll tell you, I got, I yeah. got more text and more emails after we uh, it, it, we had Stu on. You know, he's one of those guys where he's another guy who's just put together a, a wonderful career, and he's really a, a, a wonderful actor. Uh, but he's uh, he's the type of guy that when you try to find information on him or career information, you know, it's it's hard to find. So I, you know, really, yeah. Well, I, I mean, for me, it was anyway. Well, wasn't he in Hollywood Nights with Tony Danza? Yeah, oh, he, like in the he early, has a, yeah. He has a he has a great. Well, I tell you something else. I did the pilot of not necessarily the news. I was still living in New York at the time, but I 
I guess I got flown out and I did the pilot of it. And I, I wasn't terribly keen to do the show. Uh, and the show got picked up and I was doing a play, another play uh, in uh, Connecticut, in fact. And I was the lead in this play called The Great Magoo. And they said, the show got picked up. I said, I don't want to do it. And I, I got myself out of the contract. But they hired, among others, they hired my friend Tom Parks and Stewie Pankin. And I think one other actor, which always made me feel good. Like, it took three actors to replace me. But so Stuart and I, oh, and what's his face? Uh, well, Kevin Pollock's wife. Oh, God, I can't remember her name. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I know she was on the show, too. Lucy Webb. Um, and that show ran for quite a while, but it wasn't really my thing. I was, you know, I wasn't that interested in, in the, the, that format. But, um, yeah, so, and then Stu and I, we play golf from time to time and tell lies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but we did do dinosaurs. Now, dinosaurs, he had to work his ass off in that. Yeah. I was the best friend, but Stuart had to do all the heavy lifting, you know. Uh, you so, both, but he was terrific. Enough. You both did terrific. I mean, that holds up. Uh, Sam McMurray, once again, is our very special guest. We got him for a couple moments more, and he's got to run, but Frank McKay here with the wonderful actor. And uh, l let me ask you this. When you were starting out, did did a name come to mind, or, or did you have in your mind a, you know, kind of a role model? Did people start saying, you know, Sam McMurray might be the next blank, or, or he's a lot like blank? Was there, was there no, a name? I, I didn't. I mean, we all wanted to be Brando, you know, but um, I don't think so, really. Um, I'm trying to think if there was somebody in particular I said, oh, I, just, I could have a career like that. It, it, not so much. Um, I think I had, for whatever reason, a, a certain awareness that I was not a regular type, you know, that I wasn't particularly, oh, you just put him over. There used to be an agency in New York called, I think, Funny Face or something like that. And they had all these guys who had, you know, and women who were sort of funny faces. And so, okay, so they would book commercials and so forth. But I wasn't the straight leading man, but I wasn't exactly character either, which was sort of good. But I also realized that it was going to take me a while to sort of grow into whoever I thought I should be. And by the time I was in my 30s and I came out here to do the Tracy Ullman show, there was a sort of happy circumstance in that the Tracy Ullman show asked us to do various characters all the time. So I was able to withstand the idea of getting typecast for a number of years because I played, well, the gay dad. I played, you know, something else. I played the, 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 the lounge singer, you know, and that kind of thing. And being able to do that always sort of discouraged people from typing you out. But then I remember doing in 94, I did The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And basically, they, he, you know, his approach was, well, you're always playing the jerk. I went, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's how I make my living, you know. Um, but by then I had sort of succumbed to it, you know. But the truth is, and it was interesting, too, because I remember going to New York in 94. They flew us in, and Hank Azaria was doing Herman's Head. And I knew Hank slightly then. I know him a little better since then. In fact, I played his shrink on Huff. Um, but we flew into New York, and I thought I, I was worried about Hank because I was afraid he was going to wind up as sort of a poor man Sam McMurray. As it turned out, he did quite well, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but there was there was there that was a possibility, you know, because they don't want nothing more than to be able to categorize and forget about you, you know. Yeah. So you you never um, read you never read for The Simpsons, did you? No, I did this. I did the very first Simpsons. Actually, I had to play the character. This is a truly arcane sort of trivia. Yeah. I played the only character who had been alive 
character or yeah character on the Tracy Ullman show, a character named Gulliver Dark, who was this sort of Tom Jones type singer, and um, then they animated him for I think it was the very first Simpsons actually. I think I did a couple of them, but um, you know we were all just running around. I mean we used to do all those things. We wouldn't even go into a, a real booth where they would just take us up into the the sound booth at stage 19, and we'd lay this stuff out wild. Um, and then they would fit it in later because we were, you know, had to go back to work doing the Tracy Ullman show. Hmm. So that was my only real experience. Of course, they picked up Danny and Julie Kavner and then, you know, a Yardley and uh, Lisa and, yeah. you know, uh, excuse me, and Harry. <coughs> so, um, no, that was all sort of catch as catch can. And then the thing caught fire, you know, which was great for, for all of those folks. Yeah, no so. yeah well, listen. I know you're you're pressed for time here, so I'm going to ask you to maybe come back for a part two one of these days. But okay, uh, Sam McMurray, just uh, what a career you're you're having. I was going to say that you've had, but you're still getting tons of work. Uh, Mom is you know it's a, it's a recurring situation, right? You, in, yeah, in I'm going to do one in a week or two, actually, um, which I'm happy to do. And I I've known Allison a little bit over the years. We did a movie called Drop Dead Gorgeous together, and I think she's brilliant. As is Anna Faris and um, Nick Bakai, who is the showrunner. I knew Nick from, I think I knew Nick from theater days, although I can never pin it down. But he King was of also Queens too, right? King of Queens. Yes, he was on King of Queens. He was one of the Punch Up guys, and Jamie Widows, who directs all of the episodes. I knew Jamie when he was an actor, you know, and he had done um, Animal House in New York days and so forth. And he was in a musical called Is There Life After High School. Um, it's actually a rather good musical. But anyway, so, yeah, it's like it's kind of old home week. It's it's nice going back. And the cast is lovely. And I love Anna Faris, who I I sponsor in uh, Gamblers Anonymous. Oh. Oops. <laughs> Supposed to be anonymous. Oh, well. It's just fiction. Anyhow. But thank you, Frank. This has been fun. And we'll do it again, yeah? Absolutely. Sam McMurray, uh, thank you very much for being here. And congratulations on all the success. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Sam McMurray, everyone, has been our very special guest. And, again, you know his work from everything from Friends to King of Queens, Mom, uh, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Freaks and Geeks. I, it, it's, it's a mile long. The resume is an absolute mile long, and there's so many underrated shows. And I, uh, the Tracy Ullman show, uh, Dinosaurs, uh, it's just the Fosters in there. It's just it, it's a, an incredible career that this man has put together. Thrilled to have him. Frank McKay signing off. Sam McMurray has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.